have your Bibles tonight, I want you to notice Ephesians chapter 5. Last week, we sort of stopped about verse 12, 13. We kind of glanced over 15 and ended up at 17. I want to take this section, and I want you to see tonight really what Paul is trying to say in chapter 5. Now, we'll take just a minute tonight. The one word that's key, I think, in this book is walk. Your walk and my walk. Now, I want you to notice, if you would, seven times the word walk is used in the book of Ephesians. Paul's in prison, and you have to understand these people were saved out of idolatry. The goddess Diana has a huge temple in Ephesus. It's known all over the world. It was one of the wonders of the world at that point in time. And so they worship this goddess Diana. They, uh, the merchants would make uh, images for her, cover them with silver. And, and uh, so uh, they, that, was their, that was the way they made their living. And, and, and so all of the, the people around Ephesus wanted to get uh, this, this new message around the world. Well, Paul comes into Ephesus and begins to lead people to Christ. And so you'll notice in chapter 1, keep your finger in chapter 5, we'll end up there. But notice chapter 1, he says in verse 13, in whom you also trusted after you have that the heard the word of truth. Uh, you'll notice in chapter 2, he said, and you were quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. He tries to explain to them, you had no hope, but Jesus Christ forgave you. And he reminded them in verse number 8, that are by grace you're saved through faith. It wasn't your works that did it. Uh, because work salvation was the goddess of Diana. You had to do good and uh, worship this goddess. And you'll notice he said in verse 8, famous verse, and not by, of yourselves it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And so now you'll notice, if you would, uh, I want you to take and, and see in verse number 2, of chapter 2, he says, wherein in time past you walked according to the world, or the course of this world. So he's pointing out to them, you used to walk this way. But now he's trying to lead them with these seven times of mentioning the word walk into a new walk of Christ that is bringing light to the world, that's bringing light to Ephesus. And if we follow it, it will bring light to our world. So notice, if you would, in verse number 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Now keep that in mind. Good works is our walk. It's the way we walk. We can walk with good works. We can walk with bad works. Notice what he says which God hath ordained that we should walk in them. So he's trying to get us to understand that the right walk is with good works. Now, that's the first two mentions of it. Uh, notice, if you would, flip your Bible over to chapter 4, and you'll notice, if you would, verse 1. I therefore, because you have been saved, because God is planning for you to walk in good works, 
He says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, I can't do anything except share this with you. I can't come show you. I can only tell you the way the Holy Spirit wants you to walk. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation of the calling. So he says, uh, you've been created unto good works. I want to encourage you to walk worthy, that your walk has value to it. That's the word worthy. That you carry weight everywhere you go. That if you work in business, you weigh your business dealings are, you carry weight. If you're a teacher or if you're a, 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 a co-worker of someone else, that the way you work, the way you walk, carries weight with other people. It is light to them. Now follow along with me. Look, if you would, in verse number 17 of chapter 4. This I say, therefore, he repeats it, and testify in the Lord that you should henceforth not walk not as the other Gentiles walk. So here's two more times he mentions it, but you in one verse, he says, don't walk like you used to walk. Now, Flip back over to chapter 5, if you would, and notice the last three times it's mentioned. Now, these give us a real clear picture of the way we're to walk. Verse 1, be therefore followers of God as dear children and walk in love. So, we're to walk with a loving heart. If you work and you do business, you're to do business with love in your heart as a motivation. Lord, I, I want to I take care of this business deal because I love you and because I love people. Every good business deal benefits both parties. Not everybody remembers, believes that. Some businessmen are sharks. They want to get all of it for themselves. They don't care how it leaves you. That's not walking in love. Notice in verse number 8. For ye were sometimes darkness. Now he begins to explain the way we walk becomes light or darkness. If you and I use curse words, we're walking in darkness. If we use words of, of sarcasm and hurt, we're walking in darkness. It's not light to people. So follow with me in verse number 8. For you were sometimes darkness. It's the way you used to walk, Ephesians. But now are you, here it is, light in the Lord. You are the Lord's light. He will shine through you if you let him. Now follow with it. Walk as children of light. And you'll notice verse 9 is sort of a parenthetical thought of that. How do we walk as children of light? For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. As you and I walk in our lives and we yield to the Holy Spirit, He brings forth fruit in our lives. That's the reason when the Holy Spirit touches our heart and we feel a little bit of conviction, we ought to take care of it right then. So that light 
can then shine. He says, as you walk as children of light, okay, the fruit of the Spirit is that light. It is goodness, righteousness, and truth. Now, notice verse 10. He says, now, prove it. Now, this is that word we looked at last week, dokumazo, um, sort of testing out the things of your life to make sure they're all light, proving what is acceptable. And this word, uresto, is not a word that says, uh, okay, it's at the edge of doing right, it's okay. How many of you as parents have ever asked your kids to do something and they did it about 85 or 90% and it wasn't all the way you wanted it? So you said, "Mm, okay, and you accepted it. How many have ever done that? Children, grandchildren, whatever, all of us at work, whatever. An employee does something, and how's that? It's okay. All right, that's not this word. This word is that you prove, you sort out in your life all the things that would be overwhelming to the Lord, extra good, that the Lord would say, wow. You did that better than I thought you would. Now, we can't ever do that because nothing's ever better than what the Lord thinks, but it can surpass what he expected of us, and that's this word, proving what is acceptable, what is over-the-top good, something that brings good feelings to the Lord. Now, most Christians don't do that right there. So they have a little bit of light or a lot of light and a little bit of dark. Folks, we're to take God's Word and to read it and try to figure out the things, prove the things that we should add to our life and to get rid of our lives. That's to put on and to put off of this book. Put on this and put off that. That was chapter 4. Put off lying and bitterness and wrath and anger. Put those things off. You can test those very quickly and say, that wasn't right. That didn't bring joy to the Lord. That wasn't acceptable to him. Now, follow with me if you would. And then he says, have no fellowship, verse 11, with the unfruitful works of darkness. Darkness doesn't bring forth spiritual fruit. And that's what he was trying to say in chapter, uh, this chapter a little bit earlier in, in verse 9. As we walk in light, that does bring forth fruit. Take your Bible and turn with you, would, to Titus chapter 3. Titus, Philemon Hebrews, Titus chapter 3. And notice this word, verse 8. This is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly. Titus, you're a young preacher. You constantly remind the people that you're dealing with, the Cretans, of these things. Does anybody remember some of the things about the Cretans? Anybody remember one thing? Anybody know what they were? They were liars. Look over in chapter 1. 
Look at the back black part of verse 12. One of themselves, even a prophet of their own, said, the Christians are always liars, evil beasts. That's not in goodness and righteousness and truth. And slow bellies, you know what that is? Lazy. So here Titus had a group of people in his church that he had to get to elevate their lives to a life of holiness and fruitfulness so that chapter 3, verse 8 could be true of them. And they were lazy. They were liars. They were, uh, they, they were evil beasts. They, were, uh, they attacked each other. Uh, they were short-tempered. They just said what they thought and didn't care how it came across. It's just that's the way I am. Well, that's not the way you're supposed to be. We're supposed to walk in light. Every one of us in this room, you're to be the light for Christ. Notice, if you would, back in verse 8 of chapter 3, this is a faithful saying of these things I will that I affirm. How much? Constantly. Titus, keep reminding them. You can't be a slow belly. You can't be lazy and please the Lord. You can't be a liar and please the Lord. Now, notice what he says. That they might, that they which have believed, he's writing to Christians, might be careful. We're going to look at that word in a minute. The word is frontizo. It's using your mind. You think through things. Now follow with me. To maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto man. You could say in the Ephesian terms, these things are light and helpful to men. Now he says, look, careful. He uses the word careful. Now flip back over to Ephesians. And notice with me, if you would, in verse 14, he says, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest. The, the Ephesians had sort of been lulled into a licentious, lazy life. They lie. They had no character, really. And Jesus came into their hearts. And everything changed. And Paul said, don't walk like you used to walk. All of us have some things in our past. Anger, bitterness, covetousness, lustfulness, immorality, bitterness. And he says, look, don't walk like that anymore. You're now God's child of light. He needs you. Your works either flip on the light switch or flip it off. The world cannot see Christ without us. Um, Brother J.D., would you go over to that switch, the top one over there, right-hand corner? Push the button. Yep, top button. Top button. Well, I guess they got them all fixed up. I don't know what. Can you turn off the lights? There's a button there. You can flip them off. I want you to see this, okay? Just flip them off. I guess that's a lot bigger deal than I thought it was. Okay? 
Well, that's pretty close. Now, Paul's right there. You can't read your Bible very easily. You can't read the notes to singing very easily. If someone came in here, they'd say, what's wrong with your lights? Okay, you can flip it back on. Do you understand that's the way these Ephesian Christians were? Now you see how bright it is, how easy it is to see your way around. When they get done with all that stuff in the back back there, and it goes back to just normal, you can walk in. There's four buttons on that wall, and there's two on every other wall. If you push the bottom button, it sort of gives a real dim lightness in here. But you push the top button. Okay, wise guy, that's enough. All right, I got that. Yeah, I figured that was going to come about sooner or later. I was going to get that. And so all of a sudden, all of a sudden you push that top button and man, it just comes bright. But you push the bottom one, it goes totally dark. Now, if those that are in expectation for doing right walk a little bit in darkness, it becomes total darkness to everybody around them. If someone, one of the pastors got up here and and yelled at somebody, hey, you, stop doing that. Listen, it would darkness. Or said a bad word, darkness, that quick. Well, it's that way with every child of God. It may not be in front of hundreds of people, but It is in front of your husband or your wife or your children or your brother or your sister, and darkness permeates the air. Now, notice what he says. Look, and this is what I want you to notice. Wherefore, he saith, awake thou that sleepest. Some people don't know the right way to walk. They don't know they're not supposed to lose their temper ever. They don't know they're not supposed to curse ever. They don't know they're not supposed to be sarcastic and mean ever, evil beasts. They they don't realize that every day we're supposed to walk in the love of God and the goodness of Christ and in righteousness and in truth. And if all of us look at that and say, wow, I got some work to do. Yes, we all do. To walk as true children of light. And so he says, wake up. Some people have not awakened to their responsibility as a child of God. Now, notice now, if you would, the last time the word walk is mentioned in verse number 15. See then. So he takes five chapters to say, okay, now, you see, you pay attention, you watch out that you walk circumspectly. Now, uh, circumspectly is... is, uh, Literally, uh, the word acrobatic, we get our English word acrobat from it. But in in the root of the word, it literally meant the people that watch the most careful about how they live. You walk circumspectly. Now, to walk, peripateo, is to walk, being aware of things around you. That's this word. It's used seven times, eight times, actually, 
in the book of Ephesians, but seven times in seven different verses. And to walk is to walk. Perry, we get our word periscope from it. And so to walk uh, with peripateo, it's to walk looking around, being on guard. It's not to just forget who you are, you're God's child. It's to walk with your eyes looking, how can I walk better and how can I walk acceptable to him? I want to make sure that what I'm doing is pleasing to him, not just pleasing, but I want you to be proud of me. (laughs) And so he says eight times in this book, seven times in specific verses, I want you to walk. And now he says, look, walk circumspectly. How many of you watched that gentleman go across a portion of the Grand Canyon on a wire uh, several years ago? How many of you have been watching that? Okay, I remember watching that. And that guy's going like this, and the wind's blowing 40, 50 miles an hour, and he's going like this, and a couple times you saw him go like that. That's this word. It is keeping an eye out and walking to the very best that you can acrobatically, meticulously walking. Most Christians are not meticulous with their walk. We just sort of wing it. We're better than we were last year. That's good enough. But we're not trying to walk perfectly before the Lord. The benefit of the doubt goes to the Lord, not to us. That's really this word. Who gets the benefit of the doubt? Acceptable. Who gets the benefit of the doubt? Lord, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. When I think about cleaning up my life, if I've got something I'm not sure of, Lord, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. I'll just do what's right. That's the reason a Christian uh, should, should be the best workers. They work hard. They work pleasantly. They Try to please those over them. That's the reason a Christian does everything in their life, the way they dress, the way they think, the way they talk. Everything is to be well-pleasing to the Lord in order for you and I to give off the light of the Spirit of God to the world. And he said to, the, to, to Titus, look, you got to tell the Christians they're lazy and they're liars and they're this. They're not, they got to be careful. And by the way, that's this word, acrobats. Careful to make sure I'm doing the very best that I can. Now, notice with me if you would. He says, circumspectly, not as fools. Now, <clears throat> this word, Fools is without thinking, okay? Asophos, uh, it, it is, uh, they don't have any skill at all, or they're not using it. Now, everybody here, you're not without skill. There are some people that their mind is not good enough to make them skilled laborers. It's the way God made them. They're simple. They're loving good to people. But then God gives some a sharp mind, and he says, I want you to use it. Even those people can be like the Cretans. 
Oh, I can, I can think. I'm an engineer, but who cares? I'm better than I was last year. It's not walking circumspectly, but it's walking foolishly. Notice he says, not as fools. But then notice this, but as wise. It, it, it is a word, um, you'll, you'll notice it, it's using the mind that God has given to you. It's taking that fantastic brain that everybody has in this room that God has given to a computer that is, excels all the computers on earth because you can judge right and wrong. A computer cannot. You can judge Dokumazo what's pleasing to him and what's not. That makes your brain better than any computer on the face of the earth. Because if you use it wisely, you can walk as a child of bright light. You cannot tell someone that walks in bright light except you see somebody beside them that walks in dim light. But as you watch that bright light work, you can see the dim light and all the things that are going wrong. How many of you remember our old auditorium? And it, whenever you read your Bible, how many of you noticed it was a little dark compared to here? How many of you noticed that? Okay. When you walk in here, it's bright. Okay. Um, that was by plan, the old building, and an architect said, we only need six lights, 500-watt lights. And I said, are you sure? I questioned them. That doesn't look right. And for 15 years, you walk in that auditorium, and it just had dark spots in it. And I said, Lord, please help us. The new auditorium will not have dark spots. Because it's to represent you. And I want the people to come to church to see brightness and cheerfulness. And, and Lord, I, I, want them to, I want them to realize that's the way we're supposed to be. When we walk out of this auditorium, we're to be just like this auditorium. Bright light everywhere. Why? Because we're trying to represent the God of this place. Notice if it would. He says, verse 16, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Buying back the time that you would otherwise lose if you walked in darkness. Don't lose your time to the old devil. And notice what he says. Wherefore, as a result, you could almost use this verse as a conclusion of the first five chapters. He says, wherefore, be ye not unwise. And, and you know... <laughs> This world, this word is without thinking, without using your mind. That's unwise. It doesn't mean you don't have the computer that works. It means that you don't use it for spiritual means. And then he says, but understanding. I love this word. It is you agree with what God's will is for you. 
you understand it, and you agree with it. It's when two come together. He says, understanding what the will of the Lord is. Now let's go back, if you would, very quickly to chapter number two and notice what the will of the Lord is for everybody in this room. Verse 10, for we are his workmanship. We are his creation, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that he had planned, pre-planned. It's the will of God for you. Do you agree with it? You understand it and agree. Well, I understand a lot of things, but I don't agree with them. Well, it's to understand and agree with God that we should walk in them. Notice this last verse. Take your Bible and turn to Matthew chapter number 5. Matthew chapter 5. Notice, if you would, this is the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus says, notice in verse 1, he went up and seeing the multitudes, he went up into the mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came to him, and there's thousands of people sitting on the mountainsides with his disciples, and he looks at his disciples, he looks at you and I, and he says, verse 13, ye are the salt of the earth. Look at verse 14. Ye are the light of the world. Verse 15. Neither do men put a light. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel. Sin puts it under a bushel for all of us, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. So picture, if there were a candlestick here, it would be, lit, it would be up here, and it would give off light, and light would go everywhere. He said, look, you're the light. Every man, woman, boy, and girl in this room Verse 16. Now, this is Jesus speaking in the greatest sermon ever, ever spoken. Let your light, everybody in this room, let your walk so shine before men that they may see your good works. Good works are light or their darkness, and they're not good anymore. See your good works for what reason? That they may glorify your Father which is in heaven. They can see the way you live, watch the way you talk, watch the places you go, watch the attitude that you have with everybody around you. And folks, this is all-consuming, but it can only be done circumspectly. I'm constantly on guard to make sure because the more you do things habitually, the more they become regular habits for you. But at the first, you have to be very careful. You have to constantly be on guard. But you don't have to be that way the rest of your life. 
your spiritual habits and the Holy Spirit's guidance will cause you to be a child of light for the rest of your life. It's your habit to be good. It's your habit to be pleasant. It's your habit, Lord, is this pleasing to you? Every new thing in your life, Lord, is this okay with you? I want to make sure this is acceptable to you. That's all of us in this room. Do you understand what the will of the Lord is for you? That we're to be light. Titus, tell them that they are to constantly affirm to have good works and careful with their works. Tonight, are you careful at work tomorrow? Are you walking circumspectly? Lord, is this okay? Every young person, yes, you're trying to please your, your, your parents, but when you elevate that to trying to please the Lord, you're going to be a different child. Every wife, if you're trying to please your husband, that's great, but when you say, Lord, I want to please you, you're a different wife. Same thing for husbands. You're a different husband. When you change it and say, I want to be good to my wife, but when you say, I want to be acceptable to you, Lord, very acceptable, your life will change. But you can't do that unless you walk circumspectly. I want to be careful when I talk to my wife. I want to be careful of my tone. I want to be careful of my attitude. I want to be careful of my appreciation. I want to be careful. Walk circumspectly. Tonight, how's your walk? Let's bow our word of prayer tonight. I'm going to ask the pianist to come and play a verse of invitation hymn. I want to remind you tonight that the Lord loves us. And as we partake of the Lord's table tonight, I just want to encourage you to remember this. If you've had a bad week, you can take care of it in the next minute. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, I I wasn't very much light this week. You can change it in the next minute. Now, the work that goes into making it light for next week will require effort. Father, speak to hearts tonight. In your name we pray. Amen.